Welcome to a Better Divorce podcast where we have conversations about the emotional, financial, and legal issues that are on your mind or should be on your radar if your goal is to keep your divorce out of court. I'm collaborative divorce attorney and mediator Andrea Vaca, and I know that how you divorce matters to your long-term well-being. That's why it's my mission to help you have a better divorce with as little acrimony as possible so that you can create the best life possible on the other side of your marriage. Hi there, this is Andrea Vaca, and I'm happy to have Toby Wright today here on the show, on the podcast. Toby Wright is an interior designer and the owner of Inside Wright. She brings her background in advertising and branding and body work to her work, which allows her to create beautiful personal spaces for her clients who are moving through different transitional times in their lives. So Toby, welcome to A Better Divorce Podcast. Hi, Andrea. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So we had talked before um, today and we, you know, we were talking about divorce as a transition and whether it's emotional, financial, or physical, um, you're, you're transitioning from one place to another, but not all those transitions, transitions are happening quickly or, or they might be happening all at once, but not like immediate. There's time frames in which they happen over time. And it's a process moving from being married to unmarried. And when it comes to the physical transition of a divorce, you know, maybe a couple is still living together in the early stages of their divorce process and transitioning from sharing a bedroom to one of them sleeping in a spare room or moving to the living room or moving to the basement. Um, or maybe they're preparing to live apart and need to transition to a new home. One person's moving to a new home and the other one's going to be repurposing the home that they'll now have to themselves. And of course, if they have children, they're trying to navigate all of this in a way that reduces stress on the kids. So I was so excited to have you here um, to have this conversation because people not, might not understand what the options are and what the opportunities are to create space in their homes that can bring as much ease as possible in the midst of all these transitions. And when we were talking before the show, you had mentioned that you know you see interior design not just as about aesthetics, but about wellness and that the spaces that we live in make us feel something. So I would love to talk about these transitions with you and as a designer, how you can help people foster more feelings of calm and lessen all the stress and chaos that is going on in the midst of transition. So yeah, just wanted to say, I'm really excited to have you have this conversation. So, um, cause I see how my clients suffer, you know, through this, you know, cause just everything that's going on. So let's talk about the issues that, couples are dealing with when they're beginning the separation process, when they're living together, they've decided to end the marriage, but they're no longer, things are changing in the home to accommodate this new reality. So how can, how can people make their homes as comfortable as possible under this new and, you know, potentially very stressful situation? What, what would you say to your clients that you're working with? You know, there, there are a lot of different options and you know some are going to depend on what your financial situation is like but um you know when you were introducing me you you mentioned a few things that are that are some of the solutions whether it's if there's a basement or if there are multiple floors 
um, you can rearrange your space so that someone's living, so that you're living on different floors in really different physical spaces in the same home. That's going to be the easiest. Not everybody lives in a house with multiple floors. So there are, there are ways with products to solve spatial problems. Um, one of the simplest ways are room dividers. Now, if you, if you imagine a worst case scenario where someone doesn't really have a lot of space and they put up like a sheet or something to block them off from the rest of the house. They don't always want to be seen. They want a little bit of privacy. And that's, that's, it's, I mean, it's just so depressing. And whether you're coming in with a friend, your, your children are coming in with their friends, or maybe your siblings are coming over and just sort of helping you through this hard time, or anyone coming to the home, they see this like hanging sheet and this sort of, you know, temporary way to separate space. And it just fills everyone with a feeling of sort of dread and shame. And, and there are there are some unbelievably beautiful room divider options. You have die cut panels where it's not it's not um, a completely opaque uh, situation. Like you will see a little bit through the little you know cuts in the in the the pattern, but it's a visually stimulating, beautiful object. So you walk into a home and rather rather it be rather than like you know sort of trying to turn a blind eye and sort of ignore the obvious you're, you have people react or you react like oh my gosh that's beautiful what is that i want one of those <laughs> you know, it totally changes the energy right yeah. and it allows you to do things to i mean just i mean if, if you have a room dividing panel if you have a large-ish room and let's say the living room was originally a color you didn't really like. You can do an accent wall of, let's say, a blue that you really love, and then you have this 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 um, room dividing panel in front of it. And so through this room dividing panel, you see this beautiful color, right? You have these layers of pleasant experiences rather than, oh gosh, this is such an uncomfortable situation. Right. Um, it can be beautiful on both sides of that divider, you know, like anyone looking at it. But when you're in the person who's now taking over into in that space, when they look back, it's not like they're hidden behind the sheet or something ugly. It's really it's you can create a new space for them, too, that feels as comfortable as can be given exactly. the situation. Sure. Exactly. Um, another an, another way to solve these problems with. Um, with product is this is more expensive option but there are wall beds there's a company called resource furniture they sell they they create these beautiful space saving wall beds and is that like a, have, is that like a murphy bed a wall bed it's like a murphy bed but murphy beds tend to have just like the flat panel when you put the bed up okay but in these cases you might have a table that extends from it or you might have a desk or you might have um, a couch that sits in front of it. And the, the bed literally pulls down over the couch or it's amazing how the, if it's a desk, or if it's a desk, the desk sort of stays upright, but the bed comes down so you can leave things on your desk. And, you know, the nice thing about that is let's say you're in the living room, right? And one of the parents has to sleep in the living room instead of sleeping on the couch. Well, 
let's also say that the way you come in and out of the home is through the living room. So if there's a parent who's sleeping on a couch, you have bedding everywhere and you're just reminded every single, you, every single time you come in or go out that there's this really uncomfortable situation happening. And, you know, if you're a child, maybe you feel sort of bad for your parent who has to sleep on the sofa. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, right. and you just you have empathy for, you know, for them and for what's happening to them. And with these wall beds, you literally put this bed away. Hmm. Right. And you walk through this space and it's a desk or it's a sofa that doesn't have bedding all over it. Right. It's just a clean space. And that's not to say that you're never going to see your parent sleeping in the living room, but they're sleeping in a bed. They're not sleeping on the couch. And I think that I think that the psychological effects of that are really, really positive. So, you know, these two options that you mentioned, you know, are one more for the temporary situation, but maybe the, the bed, you know, situation um wall bed is more for a longer when there's going to be a longer term and the investment is is worth like investing in this piece of property uh, furniture um yeah either way the child if you have or yourself or anyone living in this environment you know it can be can adjust more naturally to it it's not a shock all the time that's set like i can feel viscerally feel that sadness and kind of a sh- shame that you would feel that your parents are now living like this, or you, the two of you are living like this, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and another uh, way in which it's really, really useful is if you're, if you're in a nesting situation and, you know, you're sharing the home that the child is staying in the same place, obviously you're not going to want to share a bed. You can have two wall beds and, you know, you drop your wall bed when you're there. And on the other wall bed, on the face of it, there's a desk or there's a table. So you can eat your breakfast at the table and you can have your bed down at, you know, the entire time. Or if there's a sofa on the front of the other wall bed, you can, you know, you have a place to sit, you have a place to relax and you don't have to worry about sleeping in your ex's bed, even though you're sharing a space. And it can be like, it can be a pretty small environment. Right. And so many people nest where one person moves out or both move out while the other stays in the home with the children. Like the children stay, you know, if everyone's, anyone doesn't know what nesting is, the children stay in one home and the parents move in and out. So yes, like going back to that bed where you know your, your you know, soon to be ex or ex has, is sleeping could be very uncomfortable. So maybe, you know, having that other op- option is, is a really great idea. Yeah. Um, so and in just like repurposing furniture, you I think you had mentioned something about even like what I, I think we mentioned um, sometimes people are are co-parenting, starting to co-parent while living in the same home. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to try to um, create a new parenting schedule, but you're still living together. But mm-hmm. it's like the on duty parent, the off duty parent, you're starting to share weekends and it could be uncomfortable to be in the home, but you're not on duty. So you kind of have to stay a little hidden, but you can't always go somewhere else, right? Cause you still live there. So you had mentioned some like interesting appliance situations to allow people to kind of stay out of the kitchen at least, or not yeah. have to keep going into the family space. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, you can, you can have a mini fridge or even what appliance companies are doing something interesting now. Um, they're having, they're, 
they're creating what they call um, columns, refrigerator columns and freezer columns. So you don't need an entire refrigerator in your second bedroom or, you know, in the space that you're, um, that you're going to be living in temporarily, you can have a refrigerator column. So you, you have all the food you need. And if you need a hot plate, you can have a hot plate in there. I mean, you really can make do so that you don't have to keep going into the kitchen and grabbing things and you can you can really live comfortably yeah a little more comfortably so it's a little more peaceful for everybody and again this isn't long-term solutions it's just kind of ways to get you through this transitional time and there's a lot of products out there i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no you 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 went right where i was going there are a lot of products out there that allow you to have um, to have dignity while you're going through these transitional moments. Yeah. And, and so when, you know, we talked about the react, the, the effect that these, um, temporary or un- uncomfortable, potentially uncomfortable living situations could have on your kids. So when parents, what should parents be thinking about when they're designing or repurposing or organizing a home, you know, because of a divorce. So the kids are comfortable, maybe even excited about being there or not being as sad that they don't have both parents with them at a given time. So any tips for design and for parents at this time? Yeah. I mean, there are so many, there's so many fantastic products. I can't even begin, but (laughs) I mean, you know, something I shared with you is that when I, when I, was a teenager and I was going through my parents' divorce. Um, I would have loved to have some protection from the acoustic aspect of it because my father was, he was a loud talker. We'll just put it that way. And, you know, it was very uncomfortable and it was just very sad. And there are a lot of products that are largely created for office environments. they're acoustic tiles that absorb sound. And they're, I mean, you can cover them in any kind of fabric you want. They're different. They come in different shapes and sizes. There's one that I used for an office project where um, you can, there are hexagons and you can mix acoustic tiles with, um, with whiteboards. So the kids have a place to draw and it's just fun. And you just cover a wall with it. And it's just this really playful, um, playful um, element that you can also engage with. You can draw, you can color, you can you can move the tiles around. I mean, it's really it's really fun. There are you can you can play with color with paint. Just very simple. That's the cheapest way to make a room fun. Um, you know, you can mask out certain areas and you can create patterns on the walls. Um, egg chairs, tents, chalkboard paint. There's wallpaper that is meant to be colored in. I love that. Yeah. Do <laughs> color on the walls, kids. Exactly. You can draw on the walls now. Um, you, their murals are very, very popular right now. And you can, you know, you can purchase a mural that's already created that's all you know they they give you images that you can just buy then have them printed large or you can take your your child's drawings and you can scan them and you can have them print that or 
if your child has like a favorite comic book strip, right? You can scan those and you can print those as wallpaper. I mean, there are so many fun ideas that you can do to make your kids' rooms just a really happy place to be. Um, and uh, there, are, there are two stories I want to tell. One is, um, this doesn't have to do with divorce, but this has to do with um, children's rooms. My sister is also a designer. She's a, she's a graphic designer and she's just extremely talented. And her kids' rooms are so fun. So whenever she gives her kids a timeout, I'm like, that's not a timeout. That's like the most fun place to be, you know, sending them to their rooms. Right, right. And I think that when you're going through a divorce, having that kind of a space for your child is really important. And letting your, you know, if your child is interested or old enough or whatever, like have them help design their own space, you know, have them involved in the process of making their room just special and fun and creative and just a great escape. Mm -hmm. um, the other, the other story I want to tell is um, when I first met my now ex, he, his son was four years old and he was, he was in a one bedroom apartment. He was recently divorced. He was in a one bedroom apartment and his son was sharing a room with him. And there was this little space outside of his kitchen, which was a dining room space. It was a, it was a pretty small space, but it was a, there was a window there. When it was, so there was a nice little nook. And I said, let's give this to him. Let's make this his bedroom. Let him have his own space. Let him have some of his independence. And I didn't meet his son right away for you know obvious reasons. And once I did meet him, he was almost five. And we gave him his independent space. And he had access to the kitchen and he could make himself a bowl of cereal in the morning. And he was right off the living room and he could watch TV in the morning. He didn't have to worry about waking up dad. He didn't have to worry about being noisy. And it was just a really balanced situation. It really helped. I don't know. I like to think it, I mean, now he's like 20. <laughs> and he's a really good, well-balanced kid. And I hope that helped a little bit. <laughs> have him on the show next you know yeah. come on the podcast and talk about that yeah <laughs> um, that you know, sounds healthy you know to give him that space and to give his father and his new girlfriend you know some space right yeah. it, it helps everybody to yeah. to separate sure and and here's another thing about having a phenomenal room for your child you don't have to be the fun parent and have your child love their room and love having their friends over, right? So what do you mean you don't have to be the fun parent? Well, you know, when you're parenting, there's the disciplinary parent and then there's the fun parent. And sometimes that can be really challenging in the, in the relationship, right? Because, you know, you're, you feel like you're always the one coming down on your, your kids and you're, you know, they go to, they go to the fun parent because it's easier or it's, more pleasant or they think they'll get something that the other parent won't let them have. Right. <laughs> so like in my family, my father was the tough parent and my mother was sort of the easier parent. And, you know, when you do divorce and when you're in your separate homes, 
the fun parent, I mean, the fun parent can have the fun room too, but the disciplinary parent can make it really fun for the child to be in their space, right? right? Any ideas like what they could do? Like, how do you make it more fun so that, yes, you're you're held to bedtimes and you need to do your homework and you you have to call when you get somewhere, whatever the, that is. But when they come home, they have more freedom or they have more relax. It's ra- relaxing in that home in spite of, you know, the more rules that they may have. So g- give some examples like what what might well, be there. Everything I just uh, talked about, you know, all of the, 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 the wallpapers that are fun, the, the, you know, just making the space that the child lives in an oasis yeah. or, you know, something to show off to their friends. You know, earlier we were, I was talking about these wall beds. They make wall beds that are single beds. So you, when it's, when the beds are up, um, it's a desk and the child can work at their desk. And then, when, then they just, they, they fall down into either bunk beds or single beds and you can have your friends over and it takes up such little space, right? So you can transform your room into this, this fun environment. And, you know, if you, if you have the means or if you have an extra room, you can have a screening room. You can have a, 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 um, uh, a, not video game. What, what's the term they use now? <laughs> um, like a gaming room. You can have a gaming room. room for your friends, right? Like, you know, you can really have a home that your child, even if you're the disciplinary parent and you know you're going to have to do your chores and do your homework, you can still look forward to coming to this space and being there while you're doing your homework, having friends over, having this like really dynamic environment to that nurtures you, that really nurtures you. So and I, I love I love this idea, whether, you know, it's 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 the, the home that the child is now, you know, like I said earlier, like missing their parent. Right. Because they're always not with they're always going to be just with one parent now. And so it's it's hard, you know, those video calls and calls with the parents, just not the same. So having that really comfortable place, it's their little oasis sounds lovely. Um, I also think, you know, one of the things that we we want when when we talk about nesting or moving between homes, we nesting, this doesn't happen. But when you're making kids move back and forth, they're, you know, sometimes they have to you know, bring a lot of things with them. And we've, we've talked with people here on the podcast about the importance of not making kids do all that work, you know, making sure that they have the things in their home and each home that they will need. So any ideas for parents for how to do that? And when they have limited space, how do you accommodate all the, you know, the clothing and the, the stuff, you know, so how can they make that work when the kids aren't there all the time, but they right. need their stuff there all the time. So yeah, I mean, I was very inspired by your talk with Sarah Armstrong when you were talking about um, not having to pack, not the, the kids not like having their book bags full of their clothes when they go between homes. Um, it's really important to have a closet, you know, have a closet. Uh, the container store has alpha shelving. For what it is, it is so incredibly inexpensive and it can grow as you grow, right? You can, it's, it's modular. So it's very easy to move around. And in, in a really small, it doesn't even have to be in a closet. These are things that you can hang on an exposed wall. If you want to cover it with a curtain, you can cover it with a curtain, but in one you know small area, you can have hanging and some drawers and some shelves. 
in a very, very small space. So the kids have their space where they come to, they know their things will be there. And you don't have to, it doesn't take over your space either. I mean, you can have your own things. Right. And always, always be stocked with socks and underwear and shoes and, you know, just the basics. Always be stocked with that so that your kids aren't dragging their things back and forth to school, from school. You know, it's, again, it just, this, all of this stuff just has the potential to weigh on us very heavily. Yeah. Well, really heavily. It really, it does. Um, so, you know, you've mentioned all these ideas, but it's a lot to think about when you're, when you're in the middle of this kind of chaotic feeling, like you just, how do I make this work? Like they might not have the bandwidth people to think things through like this. So what, like, what would happen if somebody called you and said, all right, Toby, you need to help me here. Like, what do you exactly do? Like if you were to come in and help someone conceptualize what they may need, what could help, where do you start with people to to figure this out? I mean, depending on, I start with the space, regardless. I was going to say depending on the situation, but it's actually regardless of the situation. You start with the space. You know, I think one of the benefits of working with a designer is that we have we are privy to so many products and so many products that people just don't have any reason to know exist. Right. (laughs) So we can, we can see a space a little bit differently because we know what products are out there and how we can rearrange their, you know, we can rearrange furniture or, or divide space in a manner that's going to make, them, you know, to, again, the, the word dignity, to go through divorce with dignity. Um, so yeah, I start with space and then, and, you know, I'll take measurements and then I'll share ideas for products. And, you know, if, and I'll, and I'll talk about how, how I would divide the space. And if they don't really, ha- if they're not in a, in a position to purchase any major, you know, uh, furniture, then we can talk about how to rearrange their existing furniture. It, you know, if they're still living with their spouse, um, how you how you uh, arrange a sofa can help divide a space. Like the back of the sofa can help end a space. The uh-huh. end of a rug can help visually end the space. Um, a bookcase can help divide a space. So there are ways to take what you already own and just you know, move them around, curate them in a manner that isn't overwhelming. It's not like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to spend a ton of money and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And I'm, you're not going to have to clear out of your house. You're not, you know, you, you don't have to buy a new home immediately. Um, yeah, I can, I can walk them through options on how to, how to take this slowly. Uh, you know, you were, when you spoke with Gabrielle Hartley, you, you talked about how divorce is marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. Patience, especially in this world of instant gratification, is important. And design is the same way. Design, you know, I know the HGTV and you know, all these DIY shows will tell you differently. <laughs> but that is not how design works. <laughs> Snap your fingers. <laughs> yeah, no. Design is a marathon. And how your home is curated, especially after a divorce, lives in the realm of self-discovery. And there's no need to rush that. There's really no need to rush that. I mean, when when you're in a new home, 
you may have the opportunity to bring out aspects of yourself that you weren't able to put on display in your family home. Maybe you had some sort of a, I don't know, miniature car collection that your partner didn't like. And so you had to like keep it in a drawer or maybe you had a doll collection. I don't know. And, you know, you know, maybe you love maps, but your, your partner didn't want to see maps all over the place. Design with the things that speak to who you are, like get yourself back, you know, bring back those things that are important to you and design around those things. Again, you don't have to break the bank. If you love maps, let's create a wall. Let's, you know, let's create an accent wall full of maps or, and just design a space around that with color, with, you know, accents that, you know, pick up on the map aesthetic. Um, They're, they're really, they're just, it really depends on who the person is and what the person's goal is. Yeah. And what's important to them. And what's important to them. Yeah. Yeah. What they love, what, what they didn't have, what they want more of in their life and and how the space can help accommodate all that. Um, You even, um, you even loved a, a home of a, a, a place so much you brought into your new home right like do you you loved your boyfriend's backyard is that what it was and you created yes. it yeah just tell that a little story yeah so I really missed my my ex's backyard and um because it's so you know okay I live in Manhattan on the Upper West Side and I I'm equal distance to Riverside Park and Central Park even so when I was going through, or when I go through, it doesn't matter what the situation is, a hard time. I don't necessarily want to go to the park. I don't want to wait for the elevator and share the elevator with my neighbors and have to have small talk and, you know, go to the park and deal with the insects. You know, there's just so many things. <laughs> and so I have the space. I, I realize it's a luxury. And I created a very literal backyard in my living room and I have turf on the floor and behind me, if you're watching this on, on video, I have a wood wall and on the opposite wall, I have this mural of a park in England and there's a stream that runs through it and I have outdoor furniture. Like I could have chosen any furniture, but no, I really, I wanted, you could do conceptual space, but I wanted a very literal space. Oh. And even though I come in here to Zoom because it has good backgrounds, I do not come in here to work. Uh-huh. I only come in here to relax. At the end of a hard week, you know, at the end of a day that was just incredibly stressful and I was just at my, you know, my wit's end, I just, you need a space that is an oasis. Mm-hmm. And you can create that in a corner. You know, you don't, you don't need a whole room. We yeah. can create that in a corner. Yeah. I love, I love that story and that how it's, um, you knew what you wanted and you had to think about that and what you didn't want. And, and then you could create that and how you could help other people do the same thing. Cause you've lived through it, you know, I love that. Um, and again, right. it took me two years to do this. Like I didn't do it right away. It was a really slow process. Right. You didn't move in thinking I'm going to create that backyard. It was more over time that you realized this is something you wanted. Oh, um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Toby. So look, my last question that I ask all my guests is what is your one better divorce tip? From your point of view, what would you say? Well, I know I've said it already, but I think it's really, really important. Design with dignity and wellness in mind and also manifestation. Um, 
I'll tell a quick story. I had a client who lived in his home for 15 years with hodgepodge furniture. He didn't like his apartment and he wanted, he finally wanted something special. And he came to me and said, I want a beach poolside vibe. And this was during COVID. And during COVID, most of it was finished. And he lived in this oasis of, you know, surrounded by colors that reminded him of the, you know, a beach and poolside. And he ended up going to California during the winter and he ended up meeting someone. He is now married and they are bi-coastal, right? And he has his actual beach and poolside. And we come to, when he comes to New York, they have their conceptual beach and poolside vibe. Oh my God, what a great story. And I saw that on your website. I was you know, looking at your the spaces that you design and, and there was one that said poolside vibe and it doesn't look like you're in a pool, but- yeah. Yeah. totally get what you're talking about the colors the feeling the the space the air around that it was it was beautiful and Thank so you. what a great story though that he manifested that on both coasts and and his marriage oh great story totally right. well thank you so much it was Thanks it's really been, yeah i've been it's a great i'm so happy i had you on um great to to speak with you uh, so how if people wanted to find you what's the best place to do that or places to do that um, well, my website is insideright.com. Right is with a W, W-R-I-G-H-T, like my last name. Um, and it, I'm on Instagram. My handle is at insideright. Uh, Toby at insideright is my email address. And um, yes, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to help anyone who's going through a difficult transition. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. All right, everyone. This has been another episode of A Better Divorce Podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode. You've been tuning in to another episode of A Better Divorce Podcast with Andrea Vaca. Thank you for subscribing, leaving your positive comments and reviews, and sharing the show with others. You can watch episodes at vacalaw.com, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And you can listen through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Bye for now. And remember, you can have a better divorce.